What's up, NBA fans? One week down in the NBA bubble, at least with real NBA games, with real consequences. And man, this is shaping out to be better than I thought. Uh, last week, we did our bubble preview, and we had some teams just knocked out, totally inconsequential. We were not going to give them any attention. My God, did the Suns really make us pay for that because I had to tune in in the middle of the day to watch this game. In the middle of a workday, I have to mention. I, I mean, I had to tune in here on some of these Grizzly games, Pelican games, the Blazers. Like, this is exciting basketball. And if we can figure out a way to replicate this uh, for years to come, it, I think every NBA fan would agree with it. And I just could not wait to jump in on this podcast, Sean. I know you are feeling the same way. Oh man, I'm so excited. This this week has been everything that I've wanted it to be and more even. Like every game, like you said, is exciting. I didn't think I'd find myself interested in watching like the Magic versus the Wizards, you know? And, yeah. and honest, to be honest, like, yeah, it's not super interesting, but it's still like the fact that it's been so long since we had an NBA game when we're getting this closure and it's honestly been really competitive and all these games have been mm -hmm. super interesting I, yeah i've just been i've honestly been, i've been listening to games all day at work uh just with using the radio apps uh, on my phone and yeah it's it's been awesome it's, it's so exciting yeah we've got breakdowns this podcast of course we're gonna break down devin booker's game winner the sun's where they're at right now uh, different models out here really projecting who's going to end up in that play-in game on the Western Conference, and we'll break down each one of those models. We're talking Lakers. We're also going to talk about the backup, backup Brooklyn Nets, who ended up stealing <laughs> a win against the Bucks today, and there oh are gosh. some nuggets of of just little pieces of story blurbs that you can take away from that game, and we'll deliver those for you guys. But you know, before diving into all that. Uh, trivia question here, and I think this is an easy one, Sean, is when was the last time the Lakers locked in the number one seed after they clinched the number one seed yesterday with that big win against Utah? No, yeah, that's, that's true, locked it in. And maybe that's an easy question for a diehard Lakers fan like yourself. <laughs> I'm going to guess 2010. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'll give it to you to give it to you. Yes. So the 2009, which, 2010, 2009, 2010. Yeah. That's the yeah. one I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 2009, 2010. And obviously that year ended up with the Lakers winning a game seven at Staples center against the Boston Celtics. So 10 years ago this year, was the last time the Lakers locked in that number one seed and walked away with the last NBA title. So meaningful time, but behind a big monster performance from Anthony Davis right from the start, putting buckets on the defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert. Uh, so I guess this is the question here now in this bubble situation, Sean, is this a big deal or is this forgetful for you? I mean, the fact that the Lakers lock in the number one seed, that's not a storyline. They were like <laughs> five games ahead of the Clippers going into the bubble. The Clippers right. would have had to basically win out and the Lakers would have had to go like three and five, which is like the most realistic that the Lakers would go in this situation. That was not going to happen. So no, this is not a big story. It was going <laughs> to be inevitable. Maybe it happens now. Maybe it happens a few games down the line, but I mean, we all saw it coming, right? <laughs> Are you surprised? Yeah. This, I guess 
I guess what is there a different angle you wanted to take with it being a big deal? No, and I think I think you said exactly what I kind of pictured you'd say because you could take it two ways there. That is it a big deal? Not really. You kind of did see this coming. The Lakers were going to lock in this number one seed as soon as they could in the bubble and and try to just fret, uh, give some load management time to LeBron and try to figure out this rotation. For me, I'm going to look at it as a big deal, and this is why, Sean, because okay. this Laker team has not made the playoffs for six straight years, longest in franchise history. Oh, you poor, poor <laughs> Lakers fan. You must feel like you've been so patient only having missed the playoffs six years in a row. And I mean, loyalty, loyalty to a Laker fan is when you remember the starting lineup of Jordan Hill, Ryan Kelly, Jordan Clarkson, Kendall Marshall, and and some of the other characters we've had in through the How years. About Robert, Robert Sacre in there. <laughs> yes, Tariq Black. Sprinkle in a little Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly, that's right. Ryan Kelly, the only shot he could hit was that corner three. Chris I can't believe Kamen, you even remember one. a type of shot he could hit. <laughs> <laughs> that's Chris a diehard Kamen. fan right there, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. I think if you ask any Laker fan, this is a big deal. Uh, it's excitement. And I think for me, though, I'll take that piece. But really, more than anything, the other side of it, to me, the big deal is, yes, now we can do some load management for LeBron, put the chill put the chill mode a little bit here and try to figure out the rotations for this team. You got J.R. Smith, you got Deion Waiters, Danny Green who's playing crap. Cannot, <laughs> find, cannot make a shot out here. So give these guys some playing time and try to figure out the optimal rotation as we head into the playoffs and i think this game as well is a big takeaway from me anthony davis uh 26 26 points averaging on this year but he came out to play against utah going for 40 plus um going you know after going two for seven against toronto he goes 13 for 28 42 points and 12 rebounds against a defensive player of the year rudy gobert so i mean that dagger three too Exactly. Right, step back right in Gobert's face. <laughs> exactly. And this is also, you know, he had a pretty good performance against the Clippers as well. So this is the Anthony Davis the Lakers need. We need an Anthony Davis that takes a little bit from Kobe, takes a little bit from the Devin Bookers of the world where he comes in and he's got his score first hat on because I think LeBron, uh, he's it's taking a while for him to find his legs here in the bubble. But Anthony Davis, this is a this is this is the man that we need. We need a man who's going out there and shooting twenty plus shots a game. Yeah, so I have a few a few Laker inquiries I want to address with you, Alan. So I guess we'll start with Anthony Davis. For one, to watch him be that guy, like basically with the ball in his hands to start the possession in those clutch moments of the game, in those final seconds of the game, we're used to seeing LeBron do that every mm-hmm. single time. What does that say to you as a Lakers fan watching this? Is Anthony Davis going to be the isolation player at the end of the game? Is LeBron even going to touch the ball in a lot of these situations? Are they letting Anthony Davis just do whatever he wants? Are they saying this is your team, basically? I think it obviously, like from a basketball standpoint, I think it has to vary team by team and the way the plays have been developing and uh, you know, the system that each team is running. But generally, yes, I think that's the way it should be. I think Anthony Davis has the makings of being the best player in this game. He's got the pieces. Mm-hmm. I mean, Giannis obviously is a great talent himself and definitely has a strong case. But Davis is so much more skillful, I think, than the Giannis. He's got that outside shot. He's got that beautiful mid-ranger. He's got the post moves. 
I mean, the man can handle the ball too pretty damn well for a seven footer. Uh, so from what I've seen so far against Rudy Gobert, against that Utah defense, Davis figured out a way to score on them against the Clippers. I think that team was built so well to defend LeBron James. They forget about a little bit of mm-hmm. Anthony Davis there. So I think you got you, it. The, he's fortunate enough to be sharing a roster space with a guy who also can hold a case for being the best player in the game as well in LeBron James. So given that fortunate thing, uh, a lot of teams got their eyes on him. So I think that might do him the favor. So I think as generally speaking, as a fan of basketball, I would love to see Anthony Davis holding that ball in isolation and pull up for that mid ranger, maybe pull up for three or just drive it and give us a good post move against whoever you want to throw against him. Yeah, I mean, he has the entire repertoire, obviously. And I think that is really cool that LeBron's willing to pass the torch down to him in a way, even though he's really only been there for a year. And obviously, he wants to leave his mark as a Laker, um, having signed a full-term, like, long-term contract with them. But Anthony Davis comes to town. He's like, this guy is still in his 20s, his mid-20s, got his whole career ahead of him. I'm going to make sure that he doesn't become my shadow. Right. Even though I'm obviously LeBron James, but I am 35. I still got it, but I don't want to like hamper this guy's career, you know? Yeah. And LeBron is to say LeBron is struggling relative to the rest of his career is not an exaggeration. I think right now he's averaging around 19 points, like low 40% shooting at the yeah, field goal. I mean, small sample size, that's a small sample size for sure. But it, it is surprising when it's LeBron James performing this way. And you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, but I think it does all signs point that Anthony that he I think he himself wants Anthony Davis to really take control here. And along that same vein, I think the Lakers against this Utah team did some pretty eye opening things. And they finally really went with that small ball lineup, Anthony Davis at the center when they were just struggling to really get some points scored on this Utah team. And it opened up things for Davis when they go small ball. I mean. It, it's it, it's it's butter, especially once when you have somebody like Kuzma who's Dude, this man's been shooting 50% from three since this bubble thing started. Like, Kuzma is – Yeah. He's 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 balling right now. He's stepping up. So, if the Lakers (laughs) can put four guys out there, give Davis some space uh, to close the game here. I mean, I'm fine with them still starting big, but if this is the play to go small ball, like, Davis is the man man who should be holding that ball in the closing minutes. Yeah, definitely. My second inquiry for you, you mentioned earlier that – you want to give LeBron some load management. <laughs> Tell me what load management looks like when you've only played three games in four months. Yeah. What are you trying to load manage? <laughs> I you, think more. Th- are you just saying that because you're used to load management being a thing? Because you only got five more games until the playoffs. You don't think he wants to just play a full amount of minutes and get his legs under him? I mean that's that's fair. I think more than anything, it's just having having that that room to just sit him down when things might just to lower the the risk of injury. But yeah, you're right. I mean, load management is does seem a little ludicrous here because you haven't played that many <laughs> games. You don't that have that Kawhi many. Leonard. <laughs> yeah, you don't have that many games to go. But I mean, at the same time, you just don't know how much how much LeBron has has under him in his legs. Like, what is his conditioning truly like? I mean, oh, it's got. We, a, come on, it's LeBron we're talking about. His I don't know though. Always good. I don't know though, man. Sometimes I I I don't know if these these stories that are told in the media whether that always holds up true, especially in a situation that we just went through COVID and 
I'm sure he took some days off to hang out with the family. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> speculating here, but what I'm saying is that if you have the number one seed locked in, then maybe this man should focus more on his, on his conditioning, getting himself ready for the playoffs rather than going out there and taking charges against uh, the o- Oklahoma city thunder. And who do they got? <laughs> the Denver nuggets and the Kings, like, Let's figure out the rotations, and if LeBron needs to sit, let's sit him down and, uh, you know, get him in the gym and work on work on some conditioning, get him ready for playoffs. Yeah, for sure. You, you have the luxury of doing that, obviously, as the Lakers now, which, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But you also have the luxury of having some clutch pickups during this faux offseason that we just had, but not in the guy that we thought might make an impact in J.R. Swoosh. Yeah. It's Dion Waiters that actually came out and he actually looks like he's a contributing member of this team. Oh yeah. I like it. I like it. Especially, you know, we're talking Danny green is just again, man, this guy is just struggling <laughs> right now, but yeah. if we can get some offense from somebody and if that's Dion waiters, if that's Quinn cook, if that's Jared Dudley, it's I mean, Quinn cook and Jared, Jared Dudley, <laughs> these, these guys, Jared Dudley and Quinn cook, man, Volga was really, really desperately trying to find some rhythm and get this game against Utah. He threw Quinn Cook and Jared Dudley out there before Markeith Morris, so I was a little surprised by that. That but, is surprising, yeah. But, it, you know, it sparked some energy. But um, seeing Deion Waiters out there, oh, I, I'm pretty happy about that. And I think shout-out to Rob Palenka, I think, at the same time. Is yeah. this, these guys have been through some, maybe, you know, relative to other franchises in the NBA, but not so much. But Rob Palenka took some hate from Laker fans. Uh, you mm-hmm. went through that whole Magic Johnson episode. I mean, Magic Johnson straight up calling him out on national TV with Stephen A. Smith. Like, what yeah. the hell? It's a distant memory now. Yeah, exactly. Which is like, crazy because at that point I was like, man, there's no way Rob Palenka can stay as the GM with all this stuff coming out. But sure enough, he did. The season started. And then just as you keep seeing the Lakers win tally go up, you forgot about everything that happened there with Magic. Exactly. And I mean, the Lakers, yeah, they got LeBron James. They figured out a way to trade for Anthony Davis. They, at that time, it seemed like they give, gave up a lot. And I'm sure there was a fair share of Laker fans who did not like the way that went down with so many young pieces going out the door. The Lakers didn't have much to play with heading into free agency. And somehow they made, they made something out of the scraps. I don't want to say scraps, but out of the, out of the small contracts they were able to, to pull together. I mean, Dwight Howard right now looks like a gem. Uh, Dion Waiters is looking like a gem. Uh, I mean, Jared Dudley, I guess maybe in the locker room, but I mean, you, this it's, it's, I'm pretty stunned at uh, at how consistent this team has been all year and even entering into this bubble, how they've just uh, kept their heads up and they pulled out some good wins. There there are some tough losses to Toronto one too, but to be here at the number one seed and Rob Palenka arguably could be executive of the year. I mean, I would put my vote in for him. I think it's pretty wild. Yeah, you made it. <laughs> you, you you hit the the top of the mountain, my friend. Congratulations. I'm uh, I am pretty. We didn't I, we didn't want the one seed anyway. It's too much pressure. I mean, I just get. I mean, that that Stephen A. Smith Magic Johnson interview, like that was wild. And I think a lot of people <laughs> forgot forget about that. But oh that, yeah, that totally. was real life. Uh, and you know, <laughs> that's it. Like I'm I'm let's let's I'm yeah. It's I'm, been nowhere but up since then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, I mean, on that same vein in the Western Conference, we're looking at a mosh pit right now, Sean, and, and it's mm-hmm. messy trying to break this down, trying to figure out w- where to even start. Like, 
uh, you got Rockets just losing, Blazers winning, the Suns winning earlier, and the Jazz losing yesterday. Like things, things are just moving everywhere. You got the Rockets now in the fourth seed, Jazz in the fifth seed, OKC in the sixth seed, but all within just a marginal difference of each other. Um, and every Western team between nine and thirteen, basically just right now has a shot. Uh, at different positioning, maybe except the Mavericks, who seem to be just like stuck on that stuck seven. seven. <laughs> yeah. But outside of that, we we got ourselves quite the quite the mosh pit. Um, and I think now would be a perfect time. I think Sean to really just jump into these odds that the the Ringer and five thirty eight mm-hmm. models have right here. And okay, let me yeah. know your thoughts. So we got the Ringer. They've got an algorithm. You know fancy word for saying whatever multiples and formulas they got in the back end. But right now this is what they're looking at. There's a 23% chance that you see, we see Grizzlies versus Pelicans, 20% chance we see Grizzlies versus Spurs and 16% chance we see Pelicans versus Grizzlies as in Pelicans with the eight seed Grizzlies with the ninth seed. Those are the three most likely things to happen. Yeah. Those are the Mm. most three likely scenarios that are above 10% chance of occurring. Mm, Okay. And the 538 model has the Pelicans at a 42% chance of making playoffs. Trailblazers at 26, Grizzlies at 25, Spurs at three, and the Suns at two. Which one of these models just like stands out to you, Sean? Well, plainly- question, yeah, question which one of these stand When were these numbers taken? Were they before today? I'm, I'm going to guess, yeah, before today or at some point maybe in the middle of today. I don't, yeah, they definitely don't take say, into account the Blazers. Yeah. It probably didn't take into account the Blazers. It didn't take into account Jaron Jackson Jr.'s <laughs> season ending injury. Yeah. And it did not take into account the Suns beating the Clippers today. So I'm going to have to say all of these odds. This is, this is what we were, t- you were talking about before is that it is a mosh pit and every day the standings are shooken up. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've stayed constant for one day since the, since last week, since the season restarted, there's been a change every single day. And I think all of these odds are going to be completely different tomorrow morning when we wake up and the ringer has their new algorithm out. And that's the thing is that unless we are looking at the live odds of like right now, it's not going to be accurate because Grizzlies, I honestly think at this point, they do not have a very good chance to even be in the ninth seed. Yeah, of how they're looking, and then the Pelicans. Sure, I'll give you the Pelicans. They they still seem like they could still be okay as long as they play Zion more than twenty minutes. <laughs> but the Trailblazers beating the Rockets was huge tonight, and so yeah. that is going to catapult their odds. So I would put the the Blazers and the Pelicans as very firmly the largest majority of the odds to make the playoffs, with. The Suns and the Spurs honestly gaining a little bit of ground too, with the Grizzlies dropping off significantly. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Sean. And the Kings and, have no chance. Yeah, no, <laughs> the Kings are even worth. I'm sorry, you guys here. are trying, but it's just not—it's not working out. <laughs> and and I'm smiling here, Sean, because it was only last week that I gave you that breakdown. Well, you maybe did. not the Spurs and Suns, but you, I did. Yeah, give- for sure. <laughs> I got for sure. You, yeah, you, you, I got to give you credit. I, I don't know how you call these injuries. You did it exactly the same way with the championship last year with the Raptors and six. I don't know how you called those injuries, but you did. And you did it again here. Good oh, job. I, I got to start putting money on some of these things. I totally forgot about the Raptors thing. I, yeah. I still think my biggest highlight was projecting that the Magic were going to hold on to a playoff spot last year. Yeah, that was pretty crazy too. That I thought Detroit was going to take that. 
Uh, well, I got, yeah, Detroit made it too. I, I, I can't remember who I thought. You thought Heat. You thought Heat were going to come through. The Heat. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that didn't yeah. happen. <laughs> no, and I mean, I obviously didn't think Jaron Jackson was going to get injured, but I thought the Grizzlies were headed for a free fall, even be- even considering Jer- unhealthy Jaron Jackson Jr. But with his injury now, it- it's it's over. I-, I mean, it's free fall time. Like, now the question is, can they even get a win? This is who they got. Mm-hmm. Jazz, Thunder, Raptors, Celtics, Bucks. I mean, the only one I could see them taking a win is Jazz. Maybe. Yeah, maybe the Jazz. Yeah, maybe the mm-hmm. Jazz. I was gonna say maybe the the Bucks with a, a oh, because the last gonna... game of the yeah they'll just do whatever. Yeah, yeah they're okay. gonna so that's two. I think that that's that's two wins that they could very feasibly get. Although, it's so hard to say now without Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. John Morant's obviously I think their best player in general, but Jaron Jackson Jr. was their best player in the bubble. Oh, through he those first few games, shot. he was yeah. I didn't know this guy could shoot the three as well. Oh as he yeah, he. I did not know that either. He's been pulling that out of his toolkit occasionally, but yeah. this bubble, he's been pulling it out a couple. Yeah, he was times. playing amazing, and if if they were going to hold on to this eight seed, I, it was going to be with Jaron Jackson Jr. playing amazing, and th- this kid has so much promise, and it it just it kills me to see him get injured again mm-hmm. like this torn meniscus. Oh, that's, that's so brutal. And I just really hope this isn't an indicator of what his career is going to be like, just playing a few games and then suffering another season-ending injury. This has basically already happened to him twice now in two years. It's just heartbreaking, man, because you see the potential there. Like, this kid could be a star easily if you give him a full season. But it just hasn't happened yet. And oh, it, it sucks, man. You hate to see it. You really do. Um, as, as just a basketball fan in general, I know you have a little soft spot for the Grizzlies as well for their grit and grind era. Yeah. So it sucks, but I honestly, without him and with all these other teams, like the jazz, the thunder Raptors and Celtics, they'll all still be vying for seating. Mm-hmm. Maybe the bucks, like you said, is, is the one game they can win. If Giannis rests completely, which I'm not sure he will. He probably still play like the first half, like he did against the Nets game, which we'll talk about a little later today. Yeah, but yeah, it's gonna be rough, and I don't think winning just one of these games is gonna be enough for them. Like, they might be able to get a win, sure. The odds are probably in their favor to get one win, but that's not gonna be enough when the Blazers, the Pelicans, especially the Pelicans, are playing so hard and they have so much easier schedule than Memphis. I just don't see it. They're only two games ahead of the pack right now. And that is not enough of a gap. No, actually it's only a game and a half with the Blazers. I think it got cut down against the Rockets. It's cut down to just a game and a half left. That's just nothing. Yeah. The Blazers win two games. The Grizzlies lose two. That's it. You lost your eight seat just like that. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, I mean, they risk just straight up falling even out of a chance to play in. Mm-hmm. Um, then, they're, then they're in a position where they're not even controlling their destiny. They win, the other teams win, they're still out. And you just got to cross your fingers that you win and someone loses, or a couple teams lose, really, since it's going to be neck and neck with Blazers and Spurs, them and the Pelicans. So, and the Suns, if, they get, if they're jumping in. They're not that far, but... They're not. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Jazz game is winnable. The Thunder game is winnable, but these two teams are also out for blood right now. I mean, the Thunder mm-hmm. just lost, Jazz just lost, and they're also really looking at the matchups that they want to get in the playoffs right now. So I, I'm, I'm more than confident that they're trying to move up 
as well, either in that four or five range or get up to three potentially. So it, it almost feels like if the Grizzlies had the Clippers and the Lakers in, out of these four, five games, they would have a, a better chance of walking out with a record. <laughs> I think the Clippers and the Lakers are more likely to just uh, play some rotations out and right and just try mm-hmm. to get to the playoffs already. But this pack of teams you have, they're still vying for something. The Bucks are not. I, I can see them load managing, but by then it might already be too late. Yeah, right. Because yeah, these two games are so crucial when you just have the Blazers breathing down your neck. You have Damian Lillard breathing down your neck, and that's the last thing you want if you're any team in the league. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got. I I think you're gonna. I think that you're. I'm gonna go in your bandwagon. I might be a little too early to it. Maybe I'll regret doing this and flip-flopping too much, but yeah, they'll probably end up as the 10 seed and not even have a chance at the playoffs. Yeah. Ah, I'm it's so, crazy. I, I, it's I crazy to say that. <laughs> I mean, it, there it's, is- and it's because you have the Blazers who you think are going to pass them, and then you have this Pelicans team who they haven't played that well yet in the bubble. They're mm-hmm. one and two, I think, so far. But, but the win they got was against Memphis. And yeah. that, that was the biggest win you could possibly ask for is the Pelicans. And they have the easiest schedule in the bubble. They play the Kings, who are basically a lottery team. You have the Wizards. I don't even know why they're there. <laughs> That's the, Spurs will actually be a, the Spurs will be a hard game for them. The Spurs are playing tough. That'll be tough. But then you have the Kings again. And by that mm-hmm. point, the Kings are going to be checked out. They're going to be like, yeah, whatever. But they don't have anything to lose. So they'll still be a tough game, I guess. And then the Magic. That might so, be a, that might be a load management game. None of these teams game. are above 500. None of them. So <laughs> the, all of these are winnable. Pelicans could go 5-0 and if they play Zion more than 20 minutes <laughs> it yeah, doesn't it, seem that hard of a formula <laughs> oh no and the sadder part about it is that yeah you're like that point you just hit the pelicans haven't really been playing well brandon ingram looks okay uh lonzo looks terrible Ugh, terrible <laughs> yeah lonzo does not look good drew holiday looks okay uh zion obviously not playing quite as many alvin gentry is just kind of playing with I his job right so now the first game <laughs> the first game against the jazz you only played him 20 minutes, didn't play him in the final stretch of the game when it was super close, and you end up losing the game by two points. Yeah, that was a What are you saving game. him for? It is the most unreal thing I've seen. It's like you have eight games. You're playing <laughs> eight games. Why are you load managing him like that? It makes no sense at all. Right. And I mean, it's just a minute or two, right? It's just like that yeah. final two minutes. Just play him the th- last three minutes of the game. He plays yeah. 23 minutes, not even half the game. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. If that's <laughs> what talk- it comes down to, if they're, if they lose out on the ninth or eighth seed by a game, you look back on that. Could have played Sam three extra minutes. Adam Silver, Adam Silver is going to be sending some angry emails. This, Adam <laughs> Silver wants to see Zion in the playoffs against LeBron. And I don't yes. blame him. Like, we I don't need this. And Alvin Gentry right now is playing with his job. He is playing with faith right now. Like, he, I don't know what he's thinking, but he's thinking something or not thinking at all. I don't know. But the Pelicans, uh, they need Zion out there. And when he's out there, they can win games. And what they got, the road they got ahead of them is set up for them yeah how many of these last games do you think they have to win do they have to win all five of them do they only have to win four and they'll be okay because i think i guess it's either four or five in my mind if they only go three and two down the stretch i don't think that's going to be enough to get them up there 
But do you think they can get away with losing one or do they have to win out at this point? It's so tough to be confident in any of these because you look at the road the Blazers have, the Spurs, and the way these teams have been playing, it just – it feels like March Madness, you know, mm-hmm. in that it feels like anybody can just squeeze out a win. I mean, yeah. some of these scores are just insanely close, just uh, by right. two points, 1.5 points. And you don't have things like the home court advantage, like the the ref kind of some of those BS ref calls, I feel, I feel like things have just been quite pretty neutral from, you know, from an eye level, from an eye level view. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to say, but I'm going to go with like the higher end and I'm going to say they have to at minimum go four and one. Like okay. you just don't know these, how these teams are, are going to perform out here. Like the Blazers are just lighting it up. Nurkic, yeah. This guy's averaging 22 points almost 13 rebounds 50 percent shooting since the start of the bubble this man looks like he's in a basketball game in over a year exactly first few games since last year and Mm -hmm. he is going crazy he's nuclear nuclear (laughs) (laughs) nuclear yeah like nurkic right now he's a he's solidifying his his status as like you know a fringe all-star right now like is he an all-star is debatable but he's right there with if he keeps playing like this, you know, and if he carries this into next year, and this is the guy that the Blazers thought he could have been, uh, but it was just unfortunate that injury set him back. But now it seems like he was just taking a little nap for a month and a half, and now <laughs> woke up and he he's back in form. Sure, the Blazers are a little rusty in terms of team chemistry with adding him and Zach Collins back to the rotation, but him individually, that was a huge game he just had mm-hmm. right now um, uh, against. Who the against the Rockets? Yeah. yeah, I'm just blinking on this. Yeah, he had I think 19 was, rebounds in that game. Yeah, he was Crazy. monster out there. Like uh, Carmelo Anthony, same thing. Skinny Mellow, they're calling yeah. him. Uh, I mean, it's not like he shot shots. That well. <laughs> yeah, he shots. had some clutch shots. He had some clutch shots. I'll give him that. He has actually been really clutch. I've seen him hit some last minute, or I guess last two minutes of the game. He's hit a three pointer in at least every single game that they've played so far in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right now it looks like, I think, I'm not sure it's even debatable, Damian Leonard is the best point guard in the game, and I think he has been this mm-hmm. entire year. I mean, I'm not really sure who else you can bring up. I guess James Harden at times plays the point guard if position. He, yeah, he considered point guard. More more Westbrook, though, for sure. But yeah. yeah, I mean, with Curry not playing, right? Uh, Lillard is still the best point guard in the game that is currently playing. Yeah. So you got to give him that credit, but the Blazers are just playing like, is it like they ha- have something to play for? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, obviously a lot of these teams are, but it just seems like the Blazers are on a mission to get this eight seed and they're not going to give it up to easily to anybody. Yeah. And they don't have the easiest path and, but the way they've been playing, I mean, it's going to be close, but if it comes down to it being within four points with two minutes to go, I'm going to give it to yeah, the Blazers against the Blazers. any of these teams. I guess <laughs> the Nuggets, I, yeah. Clippers, 76ers, Mavericks, or Nets. And I know the Clippers are a tough one, but I, I don't know if the Clippers are going to come out with the same sense of urgency that the Blazers are uh, in the next right. coming days. So I'll so that's why I still lean the Blazers. But against mm-hmm. the Nuggets, 76ers, Mavericks, and Nets, yeah, give me the Blazers. If they're right there within four, the game is theirs. Yeah, I could easily see the Blazers winning at least four or five of these games. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's most likely that they do. And if that's the case, they're going to end up with the eight seed. And then they only have to play one game. They only have to win one game to make it in. And then if I'm the Lakers, 
I'm pretty bummed <laughs> about that. Yeah, you're I'm really bummed about that. Yeah, I you are sweating bullets. I mean, <laughs> the Lakers got that win against Utah, yes, but Donovan Mitchell had a great game, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that's looking at this Laker team. It's guards are killing us, like especially these young, these small scoring guards. Like, we got to figure yeah. something out. And CJ, so, yeah, McCollum, Danny Green's got to step his game up. Exactly, Danny Green doesn't step up. CJ McCollum's just gonna light him up. Yeah, and they the Blazers might force our hand and just make Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee unplayable against them um, with Nurkic at center and just a yeah. plethora. Carmelo shooting the ball well, CJ obviously and and Dame. Um, they 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 got some they got some they got some scrappy pieces on that team that that are making them a little scary, especially as an eight seed. Um, and yeah. it's a little unfortunate that if they do end <laughs> up as the eight seed, I'm going to say you know they'll get knocked out in the first round because because you have to (laughs) (laughs) exactly you're gonna be sweating bullets that whole time because it's like i feel like if it were against the pelicans like adam silver wants it to be you'd be like oh that's cool (laughs) you wouldn't be afraid of them at all you'd be like this is gonna be a fun series to watch but the lakers are probably gonna sweep them but if it's against the blazers though you're gonna be like oh crap (laughs) yeah like this could (laughs) go to six or seven games there because damian lillard is not gonna go down without a fight no, no. And uh, I mean, yeah, we're going to need somebody to step up, whether it's a Danny Green and KCP. We're going to have to throw a plethora of different people. And the bad news on the other side of that is guess what? You got CJ McCollin open on the other side. <laughs> the small I'm not, Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't, don't want to see the Blazers either. If I was the Clippers, I'd be like, man, thank God they're playing against the Lakers. <laughs> like, that is the best case scenario for us. Yeah, exactly. So. We'll see how that goes. But the last team right here is the Spurs. Um, two and three so far. They lost by two against the 76ers. Then the Spurs. Shake Milton. A, yeah. Shake. Second three-pointer. Shake yeah. Sh- shaking them down. Shaking them <laughs> down. But the Spurs here, Sean, I mean, are they, are, they, are they a big deal? Are they actually here or are they kind of forgetful just running on a little lucky streak here? I mean, they're not a big deal because obviously if they – are in that playing game i'm gonna probably still like they're probably not gonna be the eight seed and mm-hmm. i'm gonna give the advantage to whatever team they're playing against and then obviously if i'm the lakers i'm like sweet get to play this these old man spurs but you can't count them out of having a shot at this thing and making the pelicans or the blazers very unhappy because i don't think they were supposed to come in and win two of these three and almost win all three of these games mm-hmm. they were definitely not favored to win these and they have the championship tenure, obviously, with Greg Popovich. They have experienced guys in LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. Like, these, these are legit dudes, and they know how to play basketball. So, I mean, I honestly think it is kind of crazy that the Spurs did come out and have such a bad season this year <laughs> for the Spurs because I, I thought they'd do a lot better this year. But they, they, they're showing it up and i mean that that win over memphis was huge that two-point win over memphis that really shook things up not just for them but for all these seeds here so the, the road is going to be tough obviously uh but the game i'm looking at on their schedule is that game against the pelicans yeah. three games from now and that that's going to be a really fun one to watch because that could be a big deciding game of whether the spurs at that point if they're just out of it or they're firmly in it for those yeah. last two. I agree. They got the Nuggets and the Jazz next. 
they got to win one of these next two. And if they can knock out the Pelicans in that third game, they're right there. They're still in that race. And who knows how the things play out for the Blazers. But the next three games are huge for this team. Um, I'd say get two of the three and I must win against the Pelicans. And you were right. You, the Spurs might end up getting that nine seed against everybody's projections. <laughs> I did not see the Spurs coming here and they're getting production. You always from, doubt the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, I always do. And they just end up finding numbers and guys just shoveling some form of production, like some random names. You like you got Lonnie like Kel- Walker coming out, man. <laughs> yeah. Lonnie Walker. You got Keldon Johnson, uh, Rudy Gay, just like Rudy finding Gay. some NBA life. <laughs> like he's just scored 20 plus points every single game so far in this bubble. Crazy. Uh, DeJounte Murray's been okay, but DeMar DeRozan you doing his thing, just going out there averaging 25 plus points since the, also since this bubble started. So Greg Popovich is just milking these guys. And mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense, right? We kind of did think that there was going to be some unwarranted, some un- unforeseen heroes given all the rest and just coming out here on fresh legs. So we'll, we'll see if this can continue for the Spurs, but I mean, biggest, biggest surprise. Let's just jump to these guys right here, Sean, the best, maybe the best for last in terms of like, what the hell is going on and welcome to NBA bubble basketball. (laughs) That's the Phoenix Suns. Yes, sir. You said last for the Spurs, but the real last thing we need to talk about (laughs) is the Phoenix Suns. I can't say I'm that upset at what just happened tonight <laughs> against the Clippers to solidify their three-game winning streak to start this bubble season for them with a, the most ridiculous buzzer beater I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, maybe not ever, but it, it's definitely in the top five now. Over Kawhi Leonard, over Paul George, fadeaway step back from, I don't know, like 17 feet out by Devin You forget Booker. the pivot spin. Yes, the pivot spin <laughs> fadeaway. Yeah. What the heck was that? It that was, was a just... total foul, too. That was an and one. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> that was unreal, though. Like, I don't know how that went in. I don't know how they found themselves in this position. I've joked multiple times in the last few weeks that I don't know why the Suns were even invited <laughs> to this thing. Yes. And here they are. They find themselves. They've already supplanted the Kings in the standings, and they're only – two games out of this nine seed now, essentially. Well, I guess, I guess uh, two and a half games now that the Blazers won again, but they're right there. Or actually, no, it's a game and a half. They're yeah, only they're, a game and a half. Yeah. Yeah. They're bad. I'm bad at math. Uh, but yeah, they're right there. They could easily get the nine seed. I don't, I mean, if I don't know how they can keep this up, it, it's a tough <laughs> schedule ahead for them, but these wins have been impressive. Obviously the wizards won is like, yeah, sure. Anyone could beat the wizards. But the Mavs and Clippers are legit teams. And this is kind of what we saw from them at the beginning of the season, of the, of the mm-hmm. actual beginning of the season, that they actually came out of the gates real hot. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton looked great until he got suspended. But then they kept winning after he got suspended for like the next 15 games. You're like, are the Suns actually going to make the playoffs this year? And then they did drop off, obviously. They had their injuries here and there. Um, not having Aiden definitely hurt, but now they're at full force and they look like they're all fit. Everyone's playing really well, especially Devin Booker, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it just begs the question like, can they actually pull this off? Can they do Can they pull off the most epic comeback 
in the history of the NBA, going from one of the worst teams for years to somehow clawing their way into the playoffs and clawing their right way to relevancy. And Devin Booker actually starts to get the respect he deserves. Yeah, I mean, this is NBA bubble basketball. And uh, you give everybody time off and you have a shortened season that, you know, it just makes room for things, for ridiculous lucky streaks like this to happen. <laughs> lucky, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we see it every year. Like every year, the first month and a half, off fresh legs some teams just do some ridiculous yep. things like the grizzlies two years ago <laughs> grizzlies the magic uh the suns in their own way also yeah. this year so it's like not surprising but also surprising at the same time like if you really look at the the nba seasons you'll, you'll see like and through the first month and a half or maybe just the first month some team does puts together some ridiculous streak and the suns also credit to them like they have young pieces so it's not like they haven't had room for improvement. It's been there. Devin Booker has always been a great young piece. DeAndre Aiden, the former number one piece. Um, they got a good, solid player in Ricky Rubio, Dario Saric. Like, these are not bad names. Mikel Bridges has also shown signs of improvement mm -hmm. even before the bubble. Uh, so these guys are just coming into their own, and they took a gamble with Cameron Payne, and this guy's actually putting some – giving them some decent yeah, that's, that's pretty unbelievable <laughs> yeah like against this clipper team sure it's 12 12 and 3 but 12 and 20 minutes of play impressive. it's something yeah it's something that's a spark that off the getting. bench for you man that's that's really good so looking forward to this schedule now these games seem winnable but they're mm -hmm. obviously going to be the underdog in all of them you got the yeah. pacers the heat the thunder the sixers and the mavericks so not an easy road ahead but the Mavs and Clippers, they're able to pull those wins off. I feel like they can give themselves a shot in any of these games. And if they can somehow pull out, oh, I don't know. They got to go five. They, they almost got to go five now. I, no, I think they have to go four and one. They have to yeah. go four and one. I think they can lose one of them. So the odds are definitely still not in their favor. Mm -hmm. And obviously it becomes a lot easier if, like the Blazers and the Pelicans and the Spurs lose their games, but say that they don't and they maybe go like all those teams go three and two, the Phoenix Suns have their shot. If they can go four and one in these last five games, give themselves an outside chance at that nine seed. And then anything's possible at that point. But I still think they have a very low chance of doing this. Like four and one is tough. Like the, there's yeah. only five games left then that that's so hard to make up any deficit at this point. Yeah, but exactly. They, they've done everything that they can do at this point. So they just have to keep playing the, the basketball they've been playing, honestly. And if they can, if they can win all these, man, that would be the greatest story of all time. <laughs> oh, they will. There might be like a 30 for 30 short on this or like yeah. <laughs> or something. One of those, one of those things, like it, it'll be, it'll be crazy, man. Like, uh, but I guess it's possible. It's possible. But yeah, at the same time, not very probable. Like I almost want to say, just give them a banner now for being the, the only undefeated team in the bubble right now. Is that I, true? They're the only I think, one. I think, I oh, think. I think it's it might be a good no, guess on that, my part. No, you can double so. check for me if you <laughs> if you want, but I'm just gonna say this like at the Raptors. Oh, the Raptors. Okay, I figured there was somebody else, but still mm -hmm. second. But yeah, I, I will say this: 
they got to win this game against the Pacers, and they got to hold that man TJ Warren down because oh man, dude, no way. Yeah, so let's start. That's our best gonna be poetic of the game. week. What a beautiful segue, <laughs> TJ Warren. Can we biggest bubble surprise team Phoenix Suns? Yeah, biggest easily. bubble surprise player TJ Warren. Yeah, his new nickname is now Cash Warren. Because yeah. like the cash considerations he was traded for, he is cash money right now. Oh, biggest win. Biggest win like from Budding a cash superstar. consideration trade. Yeah. And I don't think there was any doubt that he was a productive player. So even yeah. when that trade went down, it was already looked at in bad light. Oh, it yeah. Like, it gets worse every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps building. It just pays dividends in a negative way, which is insane. But... Sean, give us a breakdown oh on TJ Warren. The last I, I, I would be happy to. I'd be honored to for TJ <laughs> Warren's honor for his pride. So he gets three of our best performances of the week for all three games he's played in the bubble because, yes, they have been that good. Yeah. So he starts out his first game in the bubble. He goes for 53 points. The Pacers have not had a player go for over 50 points since 2005. And this guy just comes out and does it out of nowhere on 20 of 29 shooting, 9 of 12 from 3. I'm so excited talking about this. Sorry. These are, <laughs> these just, are insane These are crazy numbers. numbers from a guy you'd never expect. And this is what we love about best performances of the week is when we find these guys who aren't superstars that have just ridiculous games. Yeah. And so, yeah, to finish, yeah, that's the NBA. (laughs) And then to finish that stat line off two blocks, only one turnover in that win over the Sixers. Crazy. Uh, Honorable mention to Joel Embiid, who had 41 points, 21 rebounds in that game, too. (laughs) Absolutely insane. But he's not done yet. We go to game two against the Wizards, who suck, but still amazing. 34 points, 11 rebounds, four assists on 14 to 26 shooting. And also three steals and four blocks with no yeah. turnovers. I what think the heck kind of stat line is that? This is insane. The the turnovers is just seems insane to me. Like the man is just not the man is playing the most efficient basketball, three game stretch of efficient basketball. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't I even, can, I can remember from a Michael memory. Jordan stretch. Like Yeah. <laughs> like one of LeBron's best stretches in basketball. Right. Like Yeah, this is a goat stretch right now. Because game three he barely lets up 32 points, two rebounds, three assists on 13 of 17 shooting four of five from three with three st- more steals and a block with again, no turnovers in a win over the magic. Unbelievable. This is crazy. I feel like we might have to just look at clay Thompson's number to find something like this, but even clay, I mean, I guess clay Thompson he did it once. He, he, he has his spurt. But yeah. this this might be I mean I I would venture to say that this is the best three game stretch any player had this entire year and maybe even for a few years cuz this this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean and these are some I mean that sixer win is big. Uh the magic win, I'm sure the magic didn't really, you know, throw their G League guys out there. The Wizards it's okay. Like yeah, that was a weaker team, but I mean, even 53 points against the Sixers, that that alone just really stands out. The turnover rate, like mm-hmm. this is crazy. I mean, TJ Warren has shown that this this was not a lucky night. Like he's on his way to something special now. Yeah, so crazy. That, that is my question to you now is, is this just the craziest three-game stretch like ever? Or is this the start 
of another like Victor Oladipo. It's like superstar ascension. I don't know. I mean, I'm not so sure I go superstar. I mean, he is 20. He's 26. These are superstar numbers. Yeah. This is, these Lin are, San- this is Lin Sanity part it two. Is, it is Lin Sanity. And uh, I mean, I, I, I think it's on its way. Again, it's on its way to something special. Like I think TJ Warren is starting to carve himself a good piece as being a second or third option. And, may, and for sure, the first option to close out this bubble and starting next year, he might be that good, solid second or third option. And the Pacers right now must be extremely happy because oh next year, <laughs> looking at Victor Dolipo, Demontis Sabonis, and TJ Warren. Yeah. And now TJ Warren. Yeah. With Miles Turner at center, that is a lineup, man. If yeah, he's going to continue playing like this, which exactly. obviously it's like we can't, we can't expect him to do this, obviously. But what if he does become a 25-point-a-game guy? That is that is, that would be huge, huge. I mean, how? What is this man's contract right now? Uh, is he on a contract here? Or is he still got? Uh, That's a good a couple question. more to go. Um, but anyways, I mean, if if he, I I hope that I hope the Pacers have him locked uh, locked in for something. Uh, because if they don't, this man is going to be due for a big payday as soon as this bubble uh, is over. Right now, mm-hmm. uh, and. This is huge. It's huge for TJ Warren. It's just crazy to me that like we were talking about how stupid of a trade it was for Phoenix at the beginning of the season. We were just like, yeah, like how the heck did they give this guy up for nothing? Yeah. So with each passing day, like they're pulling hairs out of their head, man. Like this is unreal. Yeah. So if this guy, so I just got his, I pulled it up. So Mm -hmm. he, fortunately for the Pacers is locked in. He's locked in for this year and 11 and 12 for the next two years. So this is beyond going to be locked in for two more years. This, and then they have Brogdon for another three years. They have Odalipo locked down. It's a bonus lockdown. This team's uh, this is the start of like a little dynasty for this Pacers team. Yeah. We are on our way to seeing a, uh, Pacers versus Celtics rivalry for the next couple of years here in the Eastern Ooh. Conference. I mean, the Bucks. Hey, come on. Oh, you got the Bucks too. The I Raptors. Mean, well, Giannis. The, Giannis. The, the East is up. interesting. Yeah, the, these top six teams are all very good, and the Pacers, man, that this is scary, honestly, <laughs> because so. Oh yeah, the Pacers are also have gone undefeated in the bubble. So it's not just yeah. Phoenix, and it's not just Toronto. It's the Pacers. Because oh, of T.J. Warren. Oh, because okay. of T.J. Warren, man. I'll hang my head up to this guy. But uh, I think the Suns could have really used a guy like T.J. Warren. But you know what? They got Camp Mikel Bridges. And they got yeah, uh, sure Cameron so Payne. And... on that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, let's move so, on from so you that. So don't, you don't think he's going to be a superstar? No, I'm not ready to say I'm not ready to he's say He's not just man. flipped the switch and he's decided I'm going to be a superstar now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not ready to call this guy a top 10 player in the league or, or think he's going to be a top 10 player league in the league next year. Is he top 30? Man, maybe. It sounds like he might just be. Uh, and he's going to be a solid second or third just, option on that Pacers team. I'm just baffled. I mean, it's going to be interesting too. Like some of these players that are playing so well in the bubble, like – what if they only play well in the bubble and then next year they're just like back to normal? It's possible, man. It is an anomaly time. Again, fresh legs, uh, you know, no traveling. Right. And, and the, I mean, I'm not saying that this, the opponents TJ Warren played against here are subpar, but 
The Sixers aren't certainly aren't. No, so I that 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 there's a degree to that as well, but uh, three games is a, is a solid sample size, I think, from to tell me that TJ Warren is headed for a big year next year, but not. No, I don't see him being a top ten player I, in the I'm, league. It, he makes me so excited to see Pacers games now because I'm like, is yeah. he gonna do it again? Just what? What? So do you see TJ Warren jumping into be being an All Star at some point this the next few years? It's a great question. It's so hard because. Obviously, in game one, Brogdon wasn't playing. In game two, Odalipo wasn't playing. Sabonis hasn't played any of these games. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when they are at full strength, if he still has the same role, if they allow him to have this freedom that he's had in these three games to be this good of a player. If they can figure out a way to keep him at this production while integrating all their pieces the way that they have been, then yes, I do think that he is primed to be an all-star. Um, at some point in the next few years, which is crazy for me to say, because <laughs> like with, with guys like this role players, essentially, you're like, you, you don't want to overreact to one game or even two, but now it's been three straight games. You're just like, how long can I just not believe in this guy? Like I have to believe in him now, like three games in a row. Yeah, you don't have to believe he's going to be an all-star though. I don't have to, but that's why I'm saying if, if they allow him to be in the same role that he's doing right now, then yes, I think that he can. This, this shooting streak he's on is unreal. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's going to be a regression to the mean, but he's only missed, what, 12 <laughs> plus 9 plus 4. He's only missed 25 shots. <laughs> and he's taken, like, oh, that's, that's pretty quick math right there. I'm going to say, like, 70 75 ish like he's he's taken almost 75 shots and he's, he's made like 66 percent of his shots and he's not an inside shooter like this isn't a center we're talking about this is a guy that's a three-point specialist <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's pretty <laughs> unreal but yeah just like you mentioned there's a lot of other factors to consider is what does this pacer team look like what system are they running where does tj warren fall into that once victor comes back and once sabonis comes back as well and brogdon uh, another ball, primary ball handler there next to Victor. So I think this Pacer team is on the right path. I don't know if we'll be seeing many 30-point-plus performances from TJ Warren next year. However, 20 points is pretty damn solid too. I'm going to just say that he will be an all-star one day, just so I can say that I said that. All right, <laughs> I'll, I'll hold you to one. it. I'll hold yeah. you to it. You hold me to it. I, I, I'm fine looking dumb on this take because I'm just so <laughs> stoked on this guy. Yeah. Who else do we got on this league? We got Luka Doncic. Right, yeah, we got yeah. Not to not to be overshadowed. Luka Doncic put up another amazing game. He's he's looked like a top three player in the bubble right now. Um, I, I'd say James Harden probably looks the best. Actually, no, TJ Warren looks the best, and then <laughs> James Harden. But Luka Doncic, I think, is the third best player in the bubble right now. Um, he's just been super consistent every game. This being a huge game, thirty four points. 20 rebounds, 12 assists on 12 of four, or 24 shooting, two blocks, and an overtime win. Unfortunately, they had to go to overtime against the Kings to, to pull this one out despite Luka having this monster game. And this is just the fourth tri uh, triple-double of a 30-20-10 since the NBA-ABA merger. Wow. That's, that's crazy. And they come you actually pulled – so this fun fact, you actually pulled this stat out on me 
when Nikola Jokic got this earlier this year, and you asked me who the first person was to get the 30-20-10 since the NBA-ABA merger, do you remember who that player is? I don't even remember. I, didn't re- I don't remember me pulling that out, but it makes sense that I would have with Jokic. I don't know. I'm going to say, well, you said it was before the NBA-ABA merger, right? No, since the NBA-ABA merger, yeah. So, like, after the merger. Oh, so after the merger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. I mean, Shaq seems like an easy pick, but I'm not sure it was Shaq. I'm going to go with, like, Moses Malone. David Lee. David Lee. <laughs> now I remember. It's all coming back Now to I now. remember. <laughs> yes. Now I remember the ridiculousness of that. Yes, it was David Lee. Just about the same reaction I had, so I'm glad I could <laughs> reciprocate that to you. <laughs> I almost fell off my chair right now. Of course it's David Lee. Of course um, it is. Yeah, and that's Who crazy. Else? Yeah. I, I'm. What I'm surprised about this game is that both the – I mean, just the fact that both teams played so hard to get this win. Mm-hmm. Alice and the Kings, like, why? But, I mean, the Kings, I guess, <laughs> Kings need to get a win. They need and- it. They both need the win, man. This, Like you said, it's March Madness out here. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's March Madness because I feel like in the regular season, Dallas probably would have put this game away. Uh, like at the eight minute mark in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so the fact yeah. that it went to overtime is a little crazy to me, but, and Luca putting together some numbers like that is a little insane, but yeah, man, what a performance. Um, I think on the other, the other guy here though, that we have here is Michael Porter jr. For the Denver <laughs> nuggets who, wow, this team finally got a win. I mean, it's only been three games, but I'm, I was a little scared for Denver after that second game. I thought they were about, they were in danger of just going free fall mode and dropping a couple, but Michael Porter Jr., man, 37 points, 12 rebounds, 12 of 16 in the overtime win against the Thunder. Huge, huge win for, for both these teams, and uh, the Nuggets pulling out the win here. Yeah, this was a very impressive one, and it, obviously Michael Porter Jr. is a guy that we've known has had huge potential since he was drafted and now he's finally healthy. He played, I think like 40 plus minutes in this overtime win, which is the most minutes he's ever played, obviously. And he started for the team because they had Will Barton out. They had Gary Harris out, Jamal Murray's still a little injured. So they were rolling with a squad with like Monty Morris, Torrey Craig alongside Jokic, obviously and Michael Porter jr. In the starting lineup. And and that, he showed up, man. This, this kid is going to be something special if they just give him the playing time. I mean, I, it's so hard, right? Because Will Barton is such a solid player. Right. Paul Millsap still gives you a little something different than Michael Porter Jr. So it, it's tough for me to say, like, are they going to replace one of those guys in the starting lineup with Michael Porter Jr.? And I feel like the answer has to be yes when you see what he can do for you. But it's just a hard thing with the Nuggets who have a lot of depth. Yeah, I think Mike Malone is in a tough spot with his roster because you got it's Jamal. A good problem. Yeah, yeah, it's, it can be good or bad. And in the, the reason that it's, it could be good or bad is just because the amount of time you have left to experiment. Like Jamal Murray has one of those injuries where it just kind of seems like it's up in the air when he's going to come back and how limited he could be when he's back. He's got that a hamstring strain. So it's one of those 
really annoying like overuse mm-hmm. injuries that's just like a little unknown where it's like you could play through it but you might you're going to be limited or do you just take a bunch of time and and hope that it gets back to 100% as quickly as it can and Mike Malone's just not going to have enough time I feel to really experiment and he might just have to swing just roll the dice here and go with Michael Porter Jr. in the starting lineup and hope that Will Barton and Gary Harris come back soon and you get enough time to work these guys into the rotation and maybe they come back with not quite as much lost in their legs because right now, it, I don't know, like what, what shape are those guys in? Are they ready? Can they jump back into a playoff game? And yeah, right now Denver Nuggets again, like they got to win some games or they're going to, they're going to be ripe. They're not that far from the chase pack, you know, and they're going to be right in the middle of that chase pack. And they're going to be looking like the weakest out of all those, all, out of all those teams. Joe kick also struggled to start the bubble, but he had himself a hell of a game here against the thunder. So that's a great sign. Uh, Tory Craig, Monte Morris. I mean, these guys are playing strong, but they're not ball handlers. And this team <laughs> really, really is just lacking true playmakers, which is what they had with a Jamal Murray. Um, and Gary Harris, again, a great guard shooter too and great defender. And this team is just slacking off. It's really lacking off that. And it sucks because we I felt like that was going to be one of their strengths going into this year is just a defensive versatility with Will Barn and Gary Harris and Michael Porter Jr. as well a little bit there and Jamal Murray and Joe Kick, but that's lost and they're, they're struggling right now. And I, I, I'm interested to see how this team really fares up in the next couple games. Yeah, there's a lot of question marks that you mentioned there. Definitely a little unnerving if you're a Nuggets fan. Um, you really want these guys to come back, Barton, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray. They need them there because this, this team is deep. But having three of your starters injured, no team can no, recover yeah. from that. It, it doesn't matter who you are. So hopefully they can come back for them. They're, they're going to have a tough stretch here at the end. I mean, you got some hungry teams fighting for that nine seed up next for them with the Spurs and the Blazers. Um, maybe a little easier game against Utah, but then you place the Lakers. Uh, maybe the Lakers will be tough. Who knows? Maybe they'll load manage. But then the Clippers and the Raptors to end it off. Like that, that is a tough schedule for these Nuggets to end the season. And they're just going to have to hope they, that their <laughs> training staff is uh, doing their job, honestly. Because I, I think this team can compete with anybody, right? And you have that X factor now in Michael Porter Jr., where you're like, this man can come out and get 30 points occasionally. It's such a, that's such a weapon to have. Yeah. And it's so hard to game plan for him because he's not really part of their strategy yet. He's not part of their like starting rotation necessarily only when necessary. So for yeah. Michael Porter Jr. Man, like I'm really excited to see that he's been able to put this up and he's done it a few times um, during the regular season this year where we've seen him put up a big game and we can see that spark of a superstar there. Uh, it's yeah. really exciting to see that actually coming to fruition a little bit just in his second year in the league. They just need one of those, two of those guys. Oh, one of those guys would be nice. They need three to win some playoff series. So because... then how are you going to start incorporating bowl bowl in that? That's the real <laughs> question. I mean, I just did some math quickly in my head with like Gary Harris and Will Barton and Jamal Murray. That's about around 35 points you got to make Ooh. up every night, which makes sense. Oh, Michael Porter shot 37 yeah, that game. 37 so. <laughs> win. so that made sense. But I mean, can you do that? Like you, you just got to figure out a way to make up those 30, those 35 or so points uh, that, that you would get out of those three guys. So that's, that's the challenge there for this team there. Um, but I mean, 
What about worst performances? You know, just transitioning off the best performances. Yes, kind of everybody. <laughs> yes, gotta gotta give it some worst performances in here. These teams might not be in the bottom eight, but they still got some duds. Uh, Jason Tatum being the top of the list here. His first Yikes. game in the bubble, five points, two of eighteen shooting, zero for four from three in that loss to the Bucks. Well, they only lost by seven points. And you like to think that if Jason Tatum shot six of 18, they would have won the game. Yeah. Oh, man. Two Poor of Jason 18, Tatum. man. He, he say... followed it up with a decent game after that. But, yeah, that, that's pretty brutal. You don't want to see that from the guy that's supposed to be the best player on your team. Yeah, I was going to say, like, yeah, it's a dud, but he definitely have made it up. So, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll give you a little bow tie for that, Jason Tatum. That Bucks loss was huge, though. They, that, if they won that game, man, mm. they'd be right up there still with the Raptors in a contention for second seed. That's true. That's, That's a huge true. difference when you're talking about going against the Magic instead of the Sixers. Ooh. That's a huge difference. That, that's a good point. That is a good – I just have not really been paying too much attention to the East. Um, but I will say this about this next guy, Lonzo Ball, man. <laughs> what yeah, is going on Lonzo. with this guy? <laughs> There, there's a couple, you know, the time off, and there were some teams where you we pinpointed where we were like, okay, the, the time off is going to benefit them. These guys, it's going to benefit. I thought, I really thought the time off was going to benefit a guy like Lonzo. Like, he just had mm. some on and off injuries through the year. Uh, he just, it seems like the more time he that goes by, the better he gets. And essentially, I thought this guy was just going to come back and just really kill it for the Pelicans. He was going to have a healthy Zion, you know, the full Pelican squad healthy. He's just nowhere to be found right now. <laughs> just shooting a bunch of duds, four points, two for 13, over two from the free throw line, three turnovers in the loss against the Jazz. And it's a bad lineup, but it's not that much different from what he's been doing in the other couple games either. And that was a two-point loss to the Jazz. Yeah, close one. Make one more shot, Lonzo. Come on. Or make mm -hmm. both of your free throws. Exactly. He's still I, so bad at free throws. I don't understand the free throw thing, honestly. I don't understand it. A lot of those Laker guys have not been good at free throws. Josh Hart. <laughs> I mean, they've been okay, but Lonzo more than anybody. Yeah, that carried over. They're still not good at free throws. Yeah. I think Ingram improved a little bit. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. I, yeah. It's it's still it still seems absurd to be and even you know even the current Lakers squad is is in the bottom percentile in terms of free throw shooting as a team so it, it it's just an odd thing to me um, free throw shooting is yeah but Lonzo did have a sweet lob to Lonzo from half court the other day that was pretty cool oh Lonzo to Zion Lonzo to Zion yeah yeah oh, I thought if I <laughs> no. said Zion, Lonzo to Lonzo oh no that'd be pretty <laughs> cool too. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you got John Morant here, uh, rookie of the year candidate here. Eleven points, uh, five five rebounds, eight assists, five for twenty one, one for Ouch. ten from three point, Oof. a plus or minus of negative twelve in that loss against the Pelicans. Yeah, Yikes. yeah, and I think it's obviously like eleven five and eight is not a terrible stat line, but when you consider how much was on the line in this game mm -hmm. against the Pelicans against Zion your rookie of the year rival, which, I mean, I think Jaw's still going to win it because there's just not enough time for Zion to win it. But to go 5-21 in such a big game, 1-10 for 10 from 3, you just didn't show up. 
And these are the games you need to show up for to prove that you're a star in this league. And yeah. he, he, he faltered. That was a big time mess up by him. Yeah. And I mean, when you're looking at which games you're going to circle with priority color markers or, you know, put, put a big number one stamp on it. This is the game right here that the Pelicans really aim to, to take home. And I'm sure Memphis should have also done the same. You got somebody breathing down your, potentially breathing down your neck and, they should have tried their best to walk away with this. And John Moran really didn't. I mean, he took the shots, just wasn't quite nailing them. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, he, he had a, he's had some decent games in the bubble so far, so I, I can't knock him too much. But this was, this was such a big one for him to, to show up for, and he was nowhere to be found. And so there you go. Grizzlies on a three-game losing streak to start this out. Yeah. Well, final thoughts to close the podcast up. This was an interesting story here, uh, and I almost didn't realize that this happened. And we're talking about the Brooklyn <laughs> Nets taking down the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Unreal. Uh, like, this is just crazy. And it just goes to show you that saying where in the NBA, anybody can win on any given night. And it, it seems like such a cliche when guys say that, but it, it's true. Right now, we have the Brooklyn Nets the backups of the backup Nets beating the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks. So tonight, the Brooklyn Nets sat Carice LeVert, Joe Harris, and Jarrett Allen. Uh, Carice LeVert has a thigh injury, Joe Harris back injury, and Jarrett Allen with load management. Load and this management. Is, this is, you know, not considering the other names that are not here. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Wilson Chandler. DeAndre uh, Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. We're five guys right there who were solid pieces in the rotation. That's like that's like between those five and the three that sat out tonight. That's their eight man rotation that they'd usually run. Exactly. And then on top of that, the Nets knew they were going to have this debt issue. They signed Michael Beasley. Michael Beasley doesn't pander, so they don't even bring him to the bubble. And then also, also Jamal Crawford played in his first game in a long time and got injured in the first quarter. <laughs> Oh, there you go. I just, there's just like these nuggets that continue to pop up when I'm looking at this story. And here is like the headline, I guess, is according to ESPN stats and information research, this is the largest upset in terms of point spread wise since the Dallas Mavericks beat the Seattle Super Supersonics as a 9.5 point difference underdog. five. <laughs> Yeah, on April 4th, oh 1993. So, I mean, we're talking about over a decade. We haven't had an underdog in terms of a point spread. Just bust something out of their ass and take home a win. Uh, and, I mean, there's been a couple the last few years. The Suns, the Lakers beating the Warriors. Uh, but this is, like, in its own vein. Yeah, just in the fact that point underdogs. Unreal. Yeah, just in the same vein that – the Nets ended up scoring 73 points in the first half. Just <laughs> unreal shooting from all these guys who, who like, let's see, like, here's no one knows guy. who they are. <laughs> exactly. Nobody knows who they are. 73 points in the first half from guys who were, were, you look at the pack of guys who were playing and only five of those guys were on NBA rosters in June, two players on two way contracts, with the Nets and their G League affiliate. So you just got a bunch of dudes on two-way contracts, <laughs> dudes who have been journeying up on and off NBA rosters. Uh, and this is all with Giannis playing in the first half. Four of these guys had career highs, and here are the name of the heroes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah TLC. <laughs> I'm not even trying to pronounce his name. With 26 points. <laughs> Jeremiah Martin's nine points, a career high. Uh, Paul's nine, nine rebounds. <laughs> career high. Chris Chizosa, 10 assists, another career high. Unreal. I mean, this, this is a locker room I want to be a part of. These guys must have been jumping up and down like oh, they won the they- NBA championship. Oh, my gosh, totally. And it's like, <laughs> sure, like, like you said, Giannis played in the first half. But obviously, mm-hmm. if he had played in the second half, they would have won the game. They yeah. decided to rest all their starters because there was, like, no point. Although they probably thought that they were still going to win the game. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they gave them the shot. And, honestly, odds makers were probably just losing hair over this game. Like, all these people that would take the bucks. And then the Nets end up just winning the game straight up. <laughs> Man, who, whoever picked the Nets – on those Vegas odds, good for you. Like you, you came out with a very respectable cash prize from that. That is yeah. crazy. Nineteen point underdog, and you get the. I win. think I, I think I might develop a hobby of just walking around and just putting twenty bucks on every single one of these games. That's like this, <laughs> and maybe at some point I'm gonna win something huge. Yeah, Who knows? So obviously, the, like you don't win a lot of money just by picking the Nets to not lose by nineteen. But how much money do you win? by picking them to win right like that is Mm -hmm. unreal (laughs) like no one no like very few people would actually pick that but like you said this this is the bubble man march madness anything can happen and the nets are just trying to stay out of that eighth seed so that they don't (laughs) have to play the bucks in a real playoff series Exactly. And if they do, you just got to throw TLC at them. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're kryptonite. Oh, yeah, Chris <laughs> Chioza. And give these, let these mans go, let these guys go out there and get yeah, them. They got the secret high. formula, man. <laughs> yeah, and here's another little nugget is like, uh, if you add up all these guys who played, their NBA career points don't even add up to Giannis's, uh total points this year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like Giannis alone has done more than all these guys added up in terms of like NBA play. So that is amazing. I throw my hat off to the Brooklyn Nets, to the NBA bubble and onwards we go. And there'll be more, I hope more great games like this. Cause we're only like halfway through this thing. At least not, the, yeah, not even, not even season. only three games through it. We got five games to go for most of these teams, but <laughs> this, this has lived up to the hype so much. It, it's been everything I've wanted and more, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm so stoked. Yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. Yep, have a good week, everybody.